0: not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: We are back with David Zuniga, founder of Tactical Civics, a battle plan for reinstituting the founder's original vision of self-governance. You're absolutely right, David Zuniga. You're absolutely right. What does it matter who you elect? Every single one of them, in one way or another, is bought and paid for. And and that is what the system is uh, in in the federal government and, in, unfortunately, in many, many state governments as well. Let's talk about our first right and bring home, Congress home, Act. They're kind of connected, aren't they? Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about that. I, I love this concept.
2: That's that's This is the solution to what we just talked about. You know, you've got this system that you can't break in in D.C. It's crime, nose to tail, and there's no way to stop it. Okay, so what do you do? Watch. All right. First, we start with our first right. The first article in the original Bill of Rights, they originally proposed 29 articles. They ended up with 12 that Congress signed off on, the first Congress, and they sent off to the states. And the original article, the first, is so far the only one of those 12 that hasn't been ratified fully ratified by the states. So it's still an open item under Article 5 right now today, 234 years after it was sent to the states. It's still open for action. We can finish that. All right. Now watch Article the second about them not giving themselves a pay raise until an election shall have intervened. That was the original Article the second. It's now our Amendment 27 because one guy, a student at the University of Texas at Austin, spent 10 years going to 29 states, getting a ratification vote from 29 more states and turned it in. One guy got this done. Okay. So if one guy could do that with the original article, the second, here's what article the first says. Article the first says that you cannot have more more than 30,000 people in a district until you reach 100 representatives. Then you can't have more than 40,000 until you reach 200 representatives. And then thereafter, you can't have more than 50,000 people. All right. How many do we have today? As many as a million and more. Average right now per state is uh 700 and uh, per district is uh 760 something thousand people per U.S. congressional district. You can't know that many people. You can't you know, represent that many people. So we have this, like you were saying, Dr. Dan, we've got all these criminals in DC and even the ones who aren't criminals, they can't know people in a, you know, in a, in a district that huge. So we go and get, and by the way, by the way, the first, um, the first, that article, the first was the only subject that George Washington stood up in those four months that they met in Philadelphia. It was the only thing he stood up to talk about in plenary session before the whole group. It was on the last day because Nathaniel Gorham had been bugging him and bugging him. And so on the last day before they were going to leave, he finally stood up and he said, I find this the only exceptionable part of the plan. And so he said, it's too many people. He was talking about article. Go look at the Constitution. Article one, section two, clause four. Go read it. It says 30,000 per per district. So anyway, he said 40,000 was too much. So he said it should be smaller. And so they changed it that day, unanimously agreed with George Washington, said, okay, let's make it 30,000. So anyway, that's where that all started. And so it's the only one of those 12 that still has to be ratified by 27 more states. When we get, there's 39 who haven't looked at it yet, who haven't voted on it yet. Out of those 39, we only need 27 to vote yes. They just hold a vote. It's not legislation. They can do it in one day. So when we get 27 more states, like that one guy from Texas got done 20-something years ago, 30-something years ago, we will have small districts. That means America's 31,000 small towns and all the rural areas, all that sea of red on election maps, will have our first voice in the U.S. House. And by the way, in the Electoral College, we'll have our first voice in over a century. So the big cities won't control our elections anymore, not completely, and they won't control Congress anymore, because now all of red America will get representation. So small districts will also, it's real hard to gerrymander a district of only 50,000 people. You can't turn it into these weird lizard shapes. And so it'll make U.S. House campaigns, like you were saying, Dr. Dan, you're not going to have to spend millions and millions of dollars to run for, for a House seat. It'll Probably 25,000 will do it. You know, it's going to be campaigns will be much more affordable for average American statesman. So rather than limiting it to just, you know, these career criminal mules for industry, they know why they're going to Congress, they're going to get rich. And, you know, so, so that's the first step. That's our first right. All right. Next is like you, you asked me to talk about the Britain Congress Home Act. All right. So Reducing districts to 50,000, no more than 50,000 people, that's going to mean that instead of this arbitrary 435 districts that Congress illegally, by the way, limited in 1929, what I call the the crime of 29, uh, what was happening in 1929? Americans were distracted. They were trying to stay alive. It was the Great Depression. And they always do that. They wait until right before Christmas or right, you know, they wait for some holiday or some terrible thing. And while while everybody's distracted, they go past these laws. So anyway, who gave them, who gave Congress the authority to limit the size, the number of house seats? Who? Where is that in the Constitution? We never gave them that power, but they did it anyway. So can we get them now? Can we force them to pass the Bring Congress Home Act just like they passed the other one? Of course we can. So we can say, after we get our first right ratified, now we have to have small districts. We're going to need 6,500 U.S. congressmen. Uh Uh-oh, they won't fit in the House chamber. They certainly won't fit in the the U.S. House offices in D.C. That's too many, you know, with their staffs. Forget it. So we bring them home. And by the way, people who say, oh, man, 6,500 congressmen, you're crazy. We don't... We've got enough trouble with 435. Look, wait a minute. Listen, think about this right now, the same 343 million Americans, we have 7,383 state representatives. I don't hear anybody complaining that that's too many. So if you're not complaining about how many, the 7,300 state represented, why is it a problem to have 6,500 federal ones? As long as we bring them home. Okay. They'll have to come home. Now, guess this is what's so so cool about history and and about God's provision covid proved to us that they most certainly can do all their work from home they were doing it during covid all the time they did committee work they did votes they did everything from home they can do it and we certainly have the tech to do it 40% of american uh, corporate america does you know uh uh what do you call it telecommuting does you know distributed teamwork all over the world for years and years now the tech is there i mean it's, it's super you can do it on your phone so once we elect all those fresh faces to those little districts it's going to be very try to try to picture this folks you some of you listening might be the ones who are running for the house now because you say wait i don't have to move to dc i don't have to ruin my family's life i can probably run my campaign for twenty dollars or $30,000. I, Yeah, I'll run for the U.S. House. I sure will. I've always wanted to, but I don't want to jump into that mess in D.C. Everything's going to change, you see. The kind of person who runs for the U.S. Congress, for, for the House, is going to be very different. So the number one reform that we're going to push those new representatives to pass, all those new fresh faces, is this Bring Congress Home Act. So they go to DC that first year, let's say uh let's say it's 2025. January 2025 they get there and let's say Trump is back in and they said we say the first thing we want you to do is pass the Bring Congress Home Act, get Trump to sign it, come right back home. Hallelujah. The first time in human history that you have a distributed legislature. It's never been done. Even you can go to Periclean Athens and see, you know, Athens had a great supposed great democracy for, what, 68 years until it fell apart. You know, there's no there there's nothing like this. If we can bring them home and all of us people who really care can run for Congress and stay in our own community and only Oh, by the way, they'll have to they'll work by Internet from modest offices in their hometown under our watchful eyes. but. They're, since their districts are one 15th, the size they are right now, we're going to cut their pay by half. Okay. So they'll be making 97, 98, 99, let's say, you know, about a hundred thousand bucks. That's a lot of money. If you get to stay home and you, you're still going to have your business, whatever you, you were doing before there in town. So it's not going to be full time anymore. So, and you also won't get benefits. We're going to cut all that nonsense. Because we're going to limit you to two terms, so in the House you'll only be there at most four years. You don't need benefits. You don't need you know. You're going to keep your you say. So we don't want careerists. We want a representative. This used to be called the People's House. You're supposed to go serve your country for a short time, then go back.
1: I think uh, David, that's just an incredible uh, entire plan. Uh, I mean, what it does is it cuts out the financial incentive for corruptness, for graft and corruption, and it also brings your representative back home to be right under your nose, where you don't have to call some answering service uh, in a far-off land called Washington, D.C. to try to get something done and never actually speak to him, because you will... He'll be, you'll run into him at the the local eatery or wherever that's right. it is. That's right. And and that is what that's what controls the that's what controls people. Uh that's and I, by people I mean that's what controls people who might be a little bit greedy or people who might not be quite as moral. They can't get away anymore with doing what you can do when you go to Washington, DC. Yeah, when you're far away, um, yep. When you're far away, no one's watching you. Uh, You're among a whole bunch of other thieves and criminals who are all doing the same thing. And it becomes a normal way of living and a normal way of working and governing. Whereas if they were sitting right on Main Street downtown in a small office uh, and you could all come and knock on the door and say, hey, here's what I'd like you to talk to talk to you about and you couldn't keep them away that's really a a brilliant plan uh and i love it very much here's another
2: couple of couple of aspects to it we want to have in their office they're going to have to have one spare office one spare room with a workstation so that whenever you or i have to or want to uh testify before a committee or subcommittee of congress of the whole congress we don't we don't go to Washington anymore they're not there anymore we brought them home so now since we've got it distributed you just walk over or drive over to your local uh, uh U- U.S congressman's office you've got your workstation there you're gonna be uh uh you know testifying at three o'clock this afternoon or whatever you go you do it there and you go right back home it's super simple so it's very very exciting and what what this does is we have we start we the people start getting, Total discretion back. We're supposed to. By by the way, most people, listener, did you know that in America, since about Lincoln's time or shortly thereafter, most federal and much state legislation is not written by legislators. It is written by law firms who work for industry. That's who writes federal laws, all federal laws and most many state laws. Industry gets their law firm to write what they want. And then you have the US uh you have the Congressional uh uh oh what's it called legislative service. You have a Senate legislative service and the House Legislative Service. They're basically in-house law firms for both houses of Congress who they take the piece that the law firm for for industry brought into them and they massage it and make it sound more government-y and all of that. So that's how laws are written right now. It's ridiculous. So we've right. written 19 laws of our own. We're going to start. Oh, okay. If industry can write laws and has been for generations, we're going to start writing laws. We, the people ourselves.
1: Well, that's really one of the important points too, about the way government is run is that the bureaucrats are, who are untouchable by us are the ones who are creating all the rules. They are making law unconstitutionally Uh, I might add, yet they're making laws that that cost us money, that penalize us, that cause us all kinds of problems, and they have absolutely no constitutional authority to do that. Well, David Zuniga of Tactical Civics, uh, we've had an incredible discussion here, and I'd like to give you a few minutes to sum up Tactical Civics, what does it mean for us? Okay. Maybe, maybe another
2: time we can finish up because I'm I'm only about halfway what I wanted to cover today with you, Dr. Dan. But there, like I told you, there's a lot to our form of government. And so the indictment engine is one thing. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Once we take them out of DC, we now have them in the, in the, uh, uh, jurisdiction, uh, of, the state criminal courts. And so now they can't, uh, so anyway, they, they don't have sovereign immunity. And so we can come after them with what we call the indictment engine. We can talk about that next time, uh, if you'll have me on again. Um, and then, you know, how do you really drain the swamp? How do you keep this happening for a long time? You know, okay, fine. We join and we, we, we become a member of tactical civics but you know I'm 68 and I'm going to be dead before long and you know how how do we carry this on well that's why we have this under America again trust it's a it's a a charitable perpetual trust supposed to last as long as the constitution does so this is a matter of all of our members saying okay we're in this for life we're going to do this we're going to take responsibility as long as we live and we're going to teach our children and our grandchildren so we we have to go on uh you know this has to go on we have to to you don't just drain the swamp you have to be like a boss that's what americans have to do so that's why our constitution begins we the people do ordain so the the next time uh we'll we'll talk about the indictment engine very important thing and we'll also talk about a couple of other things one of them is a is a law one of our many Laws, I'm writing a book called The Banished Bureaucrat, and I'm explaining this proposed law It's called the Non-Enumerated Powers Sunset Act. It's going to allow us to create these boards, 6,500 of them, one for each U.S. congressional district, a seven-member citizens volunteer review board who's going to serve a one-year term. They're going to meet as often as they want to. So there's 6,500 boards, a total of 45,500 serious-minded Americans And they're just going to be the boss with red pens in their hand. And they're going to say, okay, show me the budget for this year. Every line item, we're going to start looking over it. And you're going to have all these 6,500 teams of Americans saying, oh, no, 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 no. This comes out for sure. Oh, this one too. And so when 51% or more of those boards say something goes, it goes. So when you're looking at the, at the and we'll talk about this next time, because it really is an involved subject and very fun. This is one of the funnest things we'll be able to do in the future in America. We'll show the whole world how, how you know, self-government work. This is, Dr. Dan, this is what happens when two brothers, my brother Oscar and I, two brothers who are engineers, you know, take a problem and say, okay, how are we going to solve this? Problem? This is why it took us 13 years. <laughs> There's a lot to this, but we really did take a lot of law professors, a lot of books on every one of these subjects. And we took them apart and said, oh, this guy's got the perfect thing, but he doesn't show how. So we took all these great books and we said, okay, now how do we do this? So anyway, tactical civics, that's why it took us 80,000 hours to get here.
1: David Zuniga, I just want to tell you that there's going to be a lot of people listening to uh, our discussion uh, and they're going to be saying, why didn't I think about this? Uh, <laughs> and why didn't I? Why didn't I come up with this myself? And, and what's so what? What strikes me about this is that you you hit upon every single aspect of not only what is wrong but how to fix it, uh, and that is the true genius of the tactical civics plan. It's a combination of recognizing the faults, recognizing why there are faults and sitting down and saying, let's come up with a plan to fix it and fix it in a way that we can pass the fixes on so that it does not happen again. So, David Zuniga of Tactical Civics, I want to thank you so very, very much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio.
2: Thank you very much for having me. And uh, I think I've demonstrated it's up to us to humble ourselves and turn from our sloths, turn back to God, get to work. My final words to you are God bless you. God bless you too, Dan. Thank you. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah, everything gonna be all right this morning. <laughs>